Welcome to New Life Miami, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nlmiami.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are loved. But today's message is titled, Go Get Your Own Oil. And, and you know, I was thinking about today and, 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 and how special it was going to be and all that. And, and it's very interesting that, you know, God just kept stirring in my heart this, this uh, just one word. And it's the word brides, brides, brides. When I saw Astrid today, I saw her, I said, you're a beautiful bride. And, uh, and she looks beautiful. And um, it's very hard to see a, a bride that does not look beautiful on her on her day to meet her groom, right? Very rare. They, they spend lots of money. I know I got married. <laughs> they spend lots of money and they beautify themselves. And uh, not that they're not beautiful already, but they, you know, let's get into the word. Amen? I'm going to get in trouble over here. So, so I, I started to pray in, in, in with this word brides and, and really, God, what are you stirring? And, and and um, in my heart, and, and, I, and, and this is a message where I feel it's almost like if I was telling the 930 that God kind of got me pregnant with in a sense. And I just want to kind of like ah, deliver it to you guys already. And I want to share it with you guys because I believe that um, there's a power behind this word today. There's a revelation today in this word that, that I believe just like we sang freedom reigns. That there's a freedom that's going to that's gonna continue to erupt in, in, in certain lives today because of the preaching of God's word and the hearing of God's word. Amen. There's going to be a faith that erupts to you because, because faith is born in that, in hearing and in hearing the word of God. Amen. But, you know, when, when you think about brides and you think about them, you know, when, when, I, I, it's just interesting because you, you look at them and you're like, they, they now in this union of marriage, they, they now have a special privilege that, that biblically um, you don't have unless, unless you, you, you are married in this union of bride and husband. Amen. There's a special blessing now that, that happens between groom and bride. There's a special entrance now. She now has an entrance to his life, and he now has an entrance to her life that they never had. They, they have never had until the day where God made two one. It's a special moment. It's a, in my notes, look how crazy this is. I actually wrote this down. I'm not lying. I can show it to you right after. There is a freedom. I wrote freedom down before I knew we were going to sing the song freedom. A freedom now in, 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 in brideship. There's a freedom now. Okay, say the next part of the verse. Say the next part of your sentence. There's a freedom to go deeper than a friend. There's a, there's a freedom. I, I, I um, See, my... My wife was, was my friend when we were 15 years old, and, and a lot of stuff happened, and we stopped being friends, okay? And um, for 10 years, and then 10 years later, God just brought us back together, and my ex-girlfriend now becomes my wife, you know, weird stuff like that. <laughs> and um, so we began to befriend each other. You know, the Christian community says we began to court one another, and, and we began to befriend each other and know each other, and and stuff like that but you know there was good moments in that friendship but trust me in this man there was a desire already to pass friendship can I get an amen there was a desire to go deeper than friend with the person that I felt was the woman that God gave me so we get married one day and um and when we got married there, there was a there was a veil there was a curtain there was something that was lifted and 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 now we're no longer just friends now. We're no longer just courting now. We're not just walking through the field and holding hands. If I want to put an arm around you, around the house, and I just want to just embrace you, you guys know what I'm talking about. Um, marriage has made us deeper than friends. Covenant has made us deeper than friends. and Because I'm grooming your bride, we... There's a deeper intimacy. Can, can, do you guys get what I'm saying? I'll tell you what. Let's get into the word and, and you're going to understand this. Turn to Matthew chapter 25 if you've got your Bibles. We're really just going to stick on Matthew. Maybe I'll share some reference verses as we go. But we're going to read through 13 verses of Matthews and just go through them. And I believe God is going to speak to your heart. Um, get your own oil. Amen? Amen? Here we go. 
um, we're going to cook up something here today. Get your own oil. Here we go. We're going to talk about the parable. It depends what translation you're reading from. The NLT calls it the parable of the ten bridesmaids. And your translation might call it something else. The parable of the ten virgins, yours might say. But I'll tell you why it's ten virgins. Let's just read 1 through 13. Get the story. And then we'll, we'll break up the verses. Verse 1. Here we go. It says, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten bridesmaids, ten virgins, who took their lamps and they went to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were foolish. Um, one, Eugene Peterson, real cool, he says five of them were silly and five of them were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough oil, enough oil um, for their lamps, but the other five were wise enough to take enough um, along extra oil. And when the bridegroom was delayed, he slowed his roll a little bit. It says, they all became drowsy. They all fell asleep. And at midnight, they were roused by the shout. Look, the bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. So all the bridesmaids got up. Everyone say, got up and prepared say prepared yeah they prepared their lamps verse 8 then the five foolish silly right ones asked the others please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out give us some of your oil and the nest says get your own oil all right here we go but the others said, we don't have enough for all of us. Go to a shop and buy some for yourselves. You guys know what they're saying there. Go get your own oil. You know what I'm talking about. When, when, when you got that plate of food and it's that last, it's that you know you want it. Or, or when you got that last bite of a Snickers and you know you want it. And then your, your four-year-old son says, Dad, what are you eating? And just go get your own Snickers, boy. Uh, but you, you sacrifice it and you give it to him. All right, let's get back into the word. Here we go. So they said, go get your own oil, some for yourselves. Verse 10. But while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came and those who were ready, say ready. They went with him. You know what I'm telling, right? We're done being friends. You're coming in. Mm -hmm. They went in with him. They went in with him. And what else? To the marriage feast. And, and the door was locked. And later when the other five virgins, bridesmaids came, they returned. They stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. And he calls back and he says, believe me, I don't know you. So you too must keep watch for you do not know the day or the hour of my return. Jesus is saying, I'm coming back. Be prepared. Be ready. Go get yourself some oil. Did you notice what caused this whole mess? Oil. Lack of oil caused the whole mess. I mean, it wasn't that they weren't virgins. There were ten virgins. It, was, it wasn't like, nah, I like the other five because they waited for... No, no, no. It was oil was the problem. So when the other five rec recognized it, the other five with oil said, go get your own oil. I'm getting ahead of myself. So verse 1 and 2, it says, the kingdom of heaven, it will be like these ten bridesmaids who, who took their lamps and... And they went to meet the bridegroom and, and five of them were foolish and, and five of them were wise. Eugene Peterson calls them silly in the message translation. Five were silly and he says five were smart. You've ever met some silly people? You've ever hung around because you're smart, right? And you're hanging on with some silly people or have you been the silly person sometimes that just hangs around with some smart people? And really it's not, it's not the essence of one is smart and one is silly. I, I feel like the word that God really wants me to use to the church today is is the word there are some that are mature and then there are some that are immature that's what silly means that's what foolish means that's what wise and smart means they were the mature ones and then there was these other group of girls that that they were immature there's so much teaching there's so much commentary 
on this passage on what the lamps mean on what the oil represents like the holy spirit they say or grace of god or the knowledge of the of the scriptures and of the word of god there's so many different things that so many different teachers and 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 people way smarter than me have studied for for for, for a long time and they break down what everything means and what the five foolish and the five wise represent so so what i did when i went into scripture i said lord i want you to give me a specific revelation for our church this sunday of what these people mean and how can the church apply it to their lives so he told me and he shared it with me and he, he poured it in my heart and, and it all starts with the word bridesmaids and he began to speak to me that word because the original word in Greek is the word which means virgin which is what some of your translations say virgins hence the reason that many translations use that it's virgins and, and, and that word to the Israelite virgin this is what it means when you break it down in the Greek you ready it means marriageable maidens marriageable maidens like already some of you are going to catch that like oh I know where you're going these were these were these were individuals who were candidates for marriage does that make sense they were, they were marriageable maidens. These were ten women that like, pass, come in. They were, they were marriageable maidens. They, they, they passed, I don't know, passed the test if you want to say that. Every, every box was checked. You get what I'm saying? Marriageable maidens. Maybe you got to say it. Say it with me. Yeah, marriageable maidens. They were candidates for marriage. Ten. How many were there? Ten bridesmaids, ten specific marriageable maidens, ten specific virgins, the Bible says. Are you with me? These were women who had never had intercourse with men, according to the scripture. There were ten marriageable maidens. They've abstained from uncleanness. I, I love how the Strong's lexicon says it. The Strong's dictionary says it this way. Ready? They abstained from whoredom. That's good. I like that better, you know? Sometimes they, the, the words get so tricky. I'm like, okay. So I have to like grab a definition and grab another. De I have to grab another. Define that word, which I just defined. I mean, it's a mess sometimes. So, so when they said, when they said, they've abstained from whoredom. I'm like, I understand that. I get exactly what that means. They're marriageable maidens. They're candidates for marriage. They stayed away from whoredom. They did not flirt or linger with idolatry. They, 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 okay, let's talk Hialeah style. Let's talk about Miami right now. They were 2007. They weren't players. They were not players. They weren't. They, they didn't tell the bridegroom that they loved him. And behind his back, they were entertaining other lovers. I know that. There were ten marriageable maidens. Are you with me? They, they, were, they were ten candidates for marriage. Trust me. If I found out that my wife was messing around behind my back, talking to someone else at two in the morning, she is not a marriageable maiden. She is not a candidate for marriage. You guys better watch out who you're marrying. All right, let's get, keep going into this. Because they're telling you I love you, but what you don't know is they're telling three other people behind you just in case you don't work out that they love them too. That's not a marriageable maiden. That is what? Messing around with whoredom. But let's keep going. They weren't players. Hey, is it good to have fun at church? All right. They weren't players. I heard you guys were a little still last Sunday. Well, wake up. We're not going to get still today. Amen? Wake up. Here we go. Candidates for marriage. There were 10 specific women that were in a position to enter marriage. And when you are 10 specific women that are in position to enter marriage, it doesn't end there. That now means that you also have to take on the responsibility that comes with marriage. I've seen so many people get married and then the responsibilities of marriage come and then they run away from the marriage. Well, you thought that it was just going to be like... Hollywood, they live ever, happily ever after, whatever, after, happily, happy, whatever. <laughs> happily ever after. You could live your happily ever after, but it's going to come with obedience to the responsibilities that you have in your marriage. I mean, I mean, I mean, 
so yeah, so these were these were women who were in position to enter marriage, and and um, and marriage brings forth responsibility. I can't sit here and teach you all the responsibilities of marriage because there's so much, but we know some of them off the top of our head. Words like commitment and faithfulness and servanthood and perseverance and love and healing and forgiveness and intimacy and endurance because marriages need endurance and on and on. I hope you're getting all of this stuff. These were marriageable maidens who also had to carry the responsibility of such a marriage. We have two people that are about to make a commitment to God before all of you. And now before all of you, those two individuals better do it right. Why? Because their picture of marriage is going to be your view of Christ in the church. They better do it right. They better commit to one another. They better endure. They better last. They better not cheat. They better, they better keep it pure. They better, be, they better continue to flame that fire. They better not run out of oil on each other because there's got a lot of people looking at them to see if they're going to last to the end. I'm going to tell you something. That's what our relationship with God is. Hey, go get your own oil. Huh? Get your own oil. So, so these 10 women, I would say this. They're not bad people, actually. They're really not bad people. Think about this for a moment. These are moral women. These are, these are caring women. These are, these are sacrificial people. Women who went their lives without staining themselves with anything that would cause their bridegroom to reject them on the great day that they meet them. These are great women. If you ask me, I'll look at them right off the bat. I'm like, any of them will do. For the bridegroom, pick one. I mean, they're all great. They're all great. They're all marriageable maidens. They're all candidates of marriage. They've remained moral and caring and they're sacrificial. They, they, they've done everything that they could not to stain themselves from you rejecting them on the day you meet them. They keep themselves as virgins to the very end. They stay away from temptation with any other lover. They choose the life of purity rather than what Strong says, rather than whoredom. Not bad, I would say, right? How many of you are with me? Not bad. What's the problem? What's the problem? Not bad. I would say I'd agree that they are marriageable maidens. I would say I agree that these are great candidates to, to make the bridegroom happy. You got ten. Which one do you want? They're all great. But there's a problem. And we see it in the first four verses. You know what the problem is already, right? They've hit the mark on everything that the bride was supposed to be physically. But, but they, they, something happened here. The problem is, we see it here, and it's that they were silly. They were foolish. And you might say, well, why would you say that? Because they knew what they were about to enter into, and yet they didn't take enough oil with them on the trip. Paul calls our Christian walker a race. Do you know that? You guys know that? The apostle Paul in scripture says, I fought the fight. I've, I've ran this race. He calls it a fight and a, and a race. And, and it's a journey. Everyone say journey. And, and, and five of them are silly. Five of them are, are foolish because they didn't take oil, enough oil. And and I believe this, what I said to you earlier, that, that the word that God really wants me to use today, and I'll go back to foolish and I'll go back to silly, but the word that he really wants me to use today is that these five marriageable maidens were actually immature. They were immature. They, they did a lot of things well and they seemed right, but they neglected the important things. Whoa, whoa, what's so important about that? I mean, at least they stayed virgins, but they forgot their oil. I mean, come on, how can you, like, I would say one is better than the other. Hmm, better be careful because don't you understand that God doesn't see as man sees? Yeah. We automatically say, oh, virgin, that's the right one. And God says, no, the one with oil is the right one because that one got it. Yeah. And we're automatically judging, oh, yeah, the virgin, she's good. And God's like, no, I will dump five virgins and I'll exchange them for five harlots as long as they have oil in their, yeah. man. <clears throat> They, they took for granted what the bridegroom was actually looking for. What the bridegroom was actually looking for was, who's got the lamp? 
with oil still kindling that lamp, with oil that still burns in that lamp. Who's got, you see, because what good is a lamp who doesn't have the oil that keeps the lamp burning? I'm looking for lamps that keep burning because there is an overflow of oil that continues to burn in the lamp that whatever season and whatever wilderness and whatever trials they go, I got a lamp because there's oil that still burns in it. Can I have some of your oil? This stuff ain't free. Go get your own oil. Five of them didn't have oil. Five of them had some extra oil. God wasn't necessary. The bridegroom wasn't necessarily looking for, I want the perfect virgin. When you start to look at the scripture, he wanted the ones with oil. He didn't want the ones that did not have oil. He wanted them all ten, trust me. He wanted all ten of them. But five were immature and five were mature. Five counted the cost. Five were like, ah, just wing this stuff. Come on, because there's a lot of people that come to church like, I'm not going to count the cost to serve God. I'll just make it a moral Sunday thing. I'll just walk in with my lamp. But Monday through Saturday, where's the oil that burns that lamp? You know who the church is? You know who the bride is? They're the ones that shine bright after church ends and continues through the week. The other ones, they're just the foolish ones. I go to church on Sunday. I know all the phrases. I know all the codes. Oh, I know the chant. But do you know the groom? Because if you knew the groom, the chant is not enough. The code is not enough. The songs are not enough. What's enough is if there's still oil that burns, that keeps the fire going. What matters is, is there a deep devotion, intimacy, presence in your life that will keep going on? Got my oil. I got my lamp. That's good. But show me the oil. I've seen many people wave their lamps. And I've seen many lamps go dim. The Bible says there are two roads. One is narrow, one is broad. Many are the ones who walk in the broad, whose end is destruction. But very, very, very few are the ones ones who are led in the narrow path, whose end is eternal life. There are just a few that carry a lamp with oil in it. Don't mess around with that. Go get yourself some oil. Let's keep going into the word here. You guys are with me? They took for granted what he was looking for. Many people can stay pure. Many religions actually force people to go through processes of purification. You know that? I've seen people do some crazy things in their so-called religion so that they could be made pure. I'm like, did you understand that all you got to do is come to the cross? You don't even have to go through those stages to become pure. Many people can stay faithful. I've seen some false religions out there. I mean, some of them knock on my door, but I've seen some false religions out there, and you won't see more people faithful than them. They are more faithful than the church. I mean, the faithfulness and, and purity, that's not the end of it all. Many can be moral. Many can be caring. Many can be sacrificial. You can be all these things while still being immature, while still being foolish, while still being silly. What good was all that faithfulness? Can we talk to you for a moment? What good is all that silliness when, when, when there's not real oil that burns in that lamp? All that is, it's, it's works, it's works, it's works. But there is, not, there is not a deep revelation of who Christ is. And most of those people, I just need to talk to you for a moment. What they neglect is the deep revelation of who Jesus Christ is in their life. And what they need on their lamps, if they're going to come knocking on our door, is not to give me a pamphlet. Is let me see your lamp and let me see if there's oil in it. Because that's what matters, and, 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 and we could be all these things. And, and how about if this passage was telling us something deeper, that the kingdom of heaven is like ten virgins who take their lamps to meet him, or, or, or we could look at these ten bridesmaids, and we could say the church is like these ten, right, these ten virgins who take their lamps to meet him. The church is filled with these ten bridesmaids. The church is filled with these ten virgins. We go and we live our lives for beloved or as brides that are waiting for our groom, and we discipline ourselves in a lifestyle of Christianity, not to fall into idolatry, to live a life that is moral, etc., etc. And we take our lamps with us, and we take some oil in it, and we are okay with just that lamp and the little bit of oil that we have in it. I have my lamp and I have my story and my testimony and my life to testify of and I'm a pretty decent Christian if you ask me. That's what many Christians do. I'm pretty decent. And when the sound is heard, here it is. Let's go back to the verse there. The bridegroom is coming. Now it's soon. When when that sound is heard, it's soon. It's almost time to... 
Notice, the bridegroom is, not the bridegroom is here. The bridegroom is come. How long has the bridegroom waited for the church? And we've heard this. The bridegroom is coming. And the first thing that the church does is they give it as a, they use it as an excuse. Pfft, my grandmother used to say the same thing. You better be very careful. How do I know that it's during my time? And it, what, they've been saying that since the... Right. Because have you thought that the bridegroom has been delaying himself so that the bride could get the oil that she needs so that when he comes that there's still an oil that is burning the lamp. But instead we justify the bridegroom is coming. Oh, they've been saying that for ages. Well, put on the news. Things are getting a little bit harder in places in the land. Things are stirring a little bit louder and things are happening. If you hear, I've been saying this for years since we opened the church, you could hear the footsteps of Jesus. I'm telling you today, if no one has ever told you, I'm going to be the herald. Ready? The bridegroom is coming. Now look at your lamps. Is there oil in the lamp? The bridegroom is coming. Don't justify it right there where you're at. I've been going to church since I was a little kid and the pastor used to say the same thing. Right. Thank God he hasn't come yet. He's delaying himself. Because I truly believe that Jesus loves all the ten virgins. I believe that with all my, with all my being. I, I believe he was giving them all a chance. But while he was arriving. But let's keep reading. Verse 5. When the bridegroom was delayed. They all became drowsy and they fell asleep. I love that verse. I'm going to tell you in a moment why I love that verse. At midnight they were roused by the shout. Look the bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. I love that verse because 10 bridesmaids, but they all felt drowsy and fell asleep. You know what that means? None of them were perfect. They weren't all perfect because they all fell asleep. Remember the disciples when Jesus went to go pray? Stay here and pray while I go over there and pray. And every time he came back, they were falling asleep. Why do you keep sleeping? Come on, get up, stay awake, lest temptation comes and messes you up. Right? Idle hands are the devil's playground, right? Don't fall asleep. Get up. And, and 10 of them fall asleep. I look at them and I said, okay, good. They're not perfect. Some of them fall asleep on their journey. And, and my gosh, do some of us get drowsy and fall asleep in our journey, huh? They're not all perfect. Look at verse 7, 8, and 9. It says, so all the bridesmaids, when they heard the call, they got up because they're the bridesmaids. They're the 10 virgins. They've been preparing themselves for this in a sense. They've been getting themselves ready for this stuff in a sense. Or they've been hearing this for a while in a sense. And, and now comes the shout. So, so the bridesmaids, they got up and they, and they what? What does it say next? I, I actually made this bold and I highlighted this in my notes. They prepared their lamps. The, the word prepared there is so important. Ten of them get up now and they begin to prepare. So I just told you right now, the bridegroom is coming. Are you getting up and are you starting to prepare? I believe that after this message, some of you are going to like literally just make, look at your lamp and make sure there's oil in it. Some of you will take today's message, continue living your life, and you will never pay attention to your lamp again. And what happens if this is the last time you hear the bridegroom is coming, now get up to meet him. And tomorrow he does come and you forgot to put oil tonight. Whatever, let's keep going. So they prepared their lamps, verse 8. So the five foolish ones, silly ones, immature ones, looked at the other ones, right, that were a little bit wiser, smarter, and mature. And they said, please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. And the other said, we don't have enough for all of us. Go, go to a shop and go get you some, some oil for yourself. Get your own oil. Let's, let's, let's just pause for a moment. Did you notice what the problem was? It wasn't their sexual purity. Sexual purity is not enough to meet the standard of what Christ is asking for. I hear my son. Their, their lamp, their lamp is not enough. 
oh, I got a lamp and I'm sexually pure. Their, their candidacy of bride was not enough. They, they looked the part. They carried the part. They spoke the part. They seemed to have made it. They were future brides. They were future apple of his eye. And that's what it looked like when we read the scripture. They were the church that preached the coming of Christ, the coming of the bridegroom. These were the church that were faithful with all that religion tells them to be faithful. And these are the church who carried lamps. They were recognized as light bearers. We are light bearers who carry the light of Christ. There are ten bridesmaids awaiting for their bridegroom. But when Christ comes, when the groom comes, five of them are not prepared. Not because they weren't sexually pure. Not because they weren't properly dressed. Not because they weren't carrying the proper lamp. None of those were the reasons. It all came down to one specific thing. We're running out of oil. Can you give us some of your oil? And the other five look at them and says, are you crazy? Don't you understand that this oil can't be passed down? This oil can't be shared? You got to get yourself your very own oil. You got to get yourself some oil for yourself. They followed the rules, five of them, ten of them. They, they followed the rules of the church. How do I know that, that this is talking to a specific people? Because they were all bridesmaids. They were all candidates of marriage. They were all marriageable maidens. They were all the church and they followed the rules of being the church, of being the bride. Though they committed themselves in fellowship with other people and church people. I know that because though there were five brides, they still hung out with five other brides that had oil. So, so, so we see that this is bigger picture than what we see it is. It's, it's bigger. This might just be the church that are filled with, with church people, but yet inside the church there's many who decide to live in immaturity and there's some that are going to take the stance and begin to become mature and wise. See, these are five women who mastered all of the physical appearances of bride, but yet they missed the mark of the internal or eternal spiritual weightier matters. And it's that they didn't have enough oil. No one's oil would be poured to their lamps because each one of the brides was responsible for her very own oil. So they mastered everything else. Moral, idolatry, I kept it right. But when the time came, there was something that weighed more. And you couldn't flash the card of everything that you've done well. Now there was something that is deeper. Does oil still burn your lamp? Because what burns my brother and what burns my sister, how is he going to transfer that to me? He could transfer knowledge, stay pure. He could transfer knowledge, recognize the scriptures. So I could know all theology has to teach me. I could memorize the whole scripture, the whole Bible. And I could read the Bible plan. I could read the Bible twice in one year. But none of that stuff is good enough when Jesus comes. And there's not an oil that is still burning in my lamp. Because there is something that education, there is something that theology, there is something that someone can't transfer to you. That it's only transferred to you in the presence, in the intimacy, in the devotion that you have with God. And when God comes knocking, he says the bride is coming. He's looking at every single lamp. And what he wants to know is... Not if you necessarily stayed a virgin, but if you have oil that still burns in your lamp. I feel God speaking to us, amen? They mastered it all, but they didn't have, no one's oil would be poured. I'm, I'm telling you that if you say we are, if we say we are the bride of Christ, then and we could follow all these things and we could follow all the rules and we could look all the parts and we could play the physical appearance of bride. But there's no fooling. The one that comes to see if there's still oil that burns in our lamp. And I'm wondering if there's people here 
If your lamp is still burning or, or, or if you're carrying a lamp that is slowly dimming or maybe you walked in with your lamp and there's been no oil in it and you just walked in with a lamp, where's the light of that lamp because there's a lack of oil. I'm telling you that light shines brighter if there's an oil that burns and makes and creates that light but you'll never have the proper light if it's not first found in the flow of the oil you need oil in your life and I believe that the oil is deeper than just the knowledge of scripture is deeper than just receiving the Holy Spirit I believe that oil is deeper than just being filled with God's grace I believe that oil is finding your place in secrecy and intimacy with your God that will keep the light burning and will cause him when he comes back to look at you and say there she is that's my bride how do you know that's your bride and not the other five that stayed virgins because that's not the qualification the qualification is I knew them even before I came because they had a place called secret with me, intimacy with me before they ever met me. Look at their lamps. Oil still burns there. Oil still burns there. Oil still burns there. But that person was faithful and that person served and that person knocked off the dust out of everything in the church. That person was involved in every little thing. That person picked up heavy stuff. That person was climbing on walls and climbing trees. And that person was a bum. I don't remember ever seeing them on a Sunday. And I don't because the main and waiter, trust me, those things are important. Continue being faithful in those things, but don't get so caught up in being faithful in so many things and you lock the faith and you lose the faithfulness of getting into presence with God. That you lose the importance of, oh man, I might be doing all all these things but the highlight of my day is when there's oil still burning in my lamp that's the highlight that's the highlight I believe that the oil in you that keeps the fire burning here it is if you haven't caught it yet because now I'm going to define it is the work of preparation and I almost want to take away that word work and I'm going to put the life of preparation look at the scripture what it says all the bridesmaids got up and what they prepared their lamps. Did you see that? See, the life of preparation is not one who follows, right, the things that we're talking about, all these rules and, 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 and plays the part, knows the part, speaks the part, and the rules of bride, but one that has found their place in intimacy and presence and what we say devotion. The one who is going, remember what I said in the beginning of my message? The one who is going deeper in Christ. That stuff can all be handed over and passed on. But, but there's one thing that can't because the other fives look at them and says, we don't have enough oil for you. Go to the shop and buy some for yourselves. So what does that mean about this time of preparation? It needs to be already a desire within you. Scripture says that deep cries out to deep. Spirit cries out to spirit. Come on. We need to understand something. We need to get in with Christ. Go get it for yourself. Get yourself some oil. There's things that you'll learn here on a Sunday, but there's things that God wants to show you on a Monday in your home. I'm just teaching you for 45 minutes over here, and I'm just sharing scripture for you for 45 minutes. But what happens the rest of the week when you're alone with God, or are you alone with God? Is there oil that still burns, or do you walk in here with a lamp with no oil? I'm telling you right now, God is looking on your lamp, and he wants to see oil still in there because the oil keeps the lamp burning. Get in with Christ. Get it for yourself. We can teach you everything like I shared. Memorize everything. Read the whole Bible. But if there's no oil kindling in that lamp, if there is no relationship, devotion, intimacy, presence, going deeper with the bridegroom, be very careful because I was praying about this and thinking about writing this, so I'm going to say it because I wrote it anyways. <clears throat> be very careful because we may be very close to becoming modern-day Pharisees. Yeah. And what is a modern-day Pharisee? We go around judging people by how much they know rather than how deep they know him. Trust me, I know so many people that could out-scripture me and out-theologize me. But my God, there's something you can't take away from me. I know God. <laughs> I know God. And that's good that you know all those things. Don't get me wrong. Keep learning. But, 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 but do you know God? That's what I really want to know. What has God been saying to you in the secret? I get what you learned in school. But what does God tell you in his schooling? What happens there? That's powerful. That's important. Don't miss that. Don't lose that. We go around and we, and we forget to, to focus on how close they live with him. Rather, how much do you know about him? Silly and foolish and immature brides. You know, what, what gives you access to the bridegroom? Listen to this. It's not how faithful and how good and how polished and how successful your service or presentation is before him. That, that, that all may be good stuff. Don't be discouraged and end all that. That's good stuff. But, but truly... 
True access is given to the ones who are prepared, who have oil of intimacy and devotion still burning in their lamps. The early apostles were not looked at with marvel and amazement because, they, because of what they knew, but because of who they knew. It says that they marveled, they were amazed because they had been with Jesus, not because they knew about Jesus. So, so what is all these passages in Scripture trying to teach us? Here it is. Ready? Get yourself your own oil. Get yourself in as bride into Christ. This stuff is, is birth. It's conceived in you when you find yourself in, in the place of deeper intimacy. Mature brides, mature Christians, truly marriageable maidens, they walk around broken because of the revelation of Scripture that has transformed their wrecked their lives. They don't go around flaunting how much scripture they know. That's just waving your lamp. But it's deeper than just waving your lamp. You know what I'm talking about. You've worked with someone that, that quotes scripture to you all the time, but not one time did they ask for you, can I pray with you? You know people like that because you, you do life with a lot of them, and, and not one time did they come to your service to, to really get dirty with you. Because it's deeper than just waving your lamp at people. It's, it's more than that. It's, it's well, well, what you've learned, what has it done to you personally? Are you with me? I'm almost done. Something that we've been practicing here, I've been doing it with my leaders and, 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 and people that I work close with that, that serve here in a deeper capacity. I, I'm trying to tell them, ask people what they mean by, oh, today was good. We've been asking people around here, oh, the word was good. How, we say, really, how did it impact your life? Because it's good to have a good word. Amen. Praise God. At least there's a good word here. But what good is my word if there is no impact in your life and no personal transformation and no application that you could take out of here? If not, it was just a good motivational Sunday. Now go and sin away. No. So we've been asking people here, how has it impacted you? How will you apply it? Why, why would we do such a thing starting doing this in our church? Because we want you to have oil in your lamp. If not, you're going to be just waving it around. And when the bride comes, like there's no oil in there. It's just a lamp. Look at someone and say, get your oil. Get your oil. Get your oil. Danny, grace us with your presence. Get your oil. Look at verse 10, 11, 12, and 13. Danny's our piano player. You're like, who's Danny? They named God Danny here? <laughs> His name. Verse 10, 11, 12, and 13. Flow with me. It says here, but while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. The bridegroom came. You with me? We're done. We're, we're ending it. We're gonna, two people are going to get married in a moment. Give me a second. But before they get married, some of you are going to get married first. You see there? We're going to have a whole ceremony for them, but what you guys didn't know was, we're actually having a whole ceremony for you. We're going to tell them to come up here and share vows, but before they do that, you're going to come up to the front and you're going to share vows to God. And you're going to put oil in your lamp today. And you're going to say, I'm coming into the groom today. I, oh, but I'm not, single people, I'm talking about marrying you too today. Married people, I'm remarrying your relationship again. I'm, we're going to come before the presence of God and today we're going to put oil in lamps. Come on. So let's keep reading. But while they were gone to buy some oil, the bridegroom came, verse 10. And those who were ready, everyone say ready. ready. They went in with him. And they went to the marriage feast and the door was locked. The Lord was like, my, my work is finished here. So the other five bridesmaids came, they stood outside and they began to cry out, Lord, Lord, open the door. And he says, I don't know you, trust me, I do not know you. I never knew you. But we have a lamp. Right. But it lacked presence. I have the knowledge, right, but, but it lacked transformation, it, it lacked deeper, it lacked intimacy, it, it lacked the brokenness, it, it lacked the crying out, it, it lacked devotion, it, but I was sexually pure, well good for you, you should be happy, but you still didn't have oil. It says in Verse 10, but while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came and those who were ready went with him into the feast and the door was locked. Preparation, everyone, everyone get that word today, preparation. Can I share something with you as I get ready then? Preparation is not defined in what you do. I, I'll prove it to you. While they were gone to buy oil, hey, that's a good thing. 
they still did something good. They went to get more oil. But just because you do good, God says all of your good acts are like a filthy rag. Don't get so caught up on the good things that you do. Preparation is not necessarily always doing good. That's not what preparation is all about. Preparation is defined in something deeper than good works. Preparation is defined in your closeness to Christ. Preparation is found in your place in intimacy, in presence, in devotion. How, do, how can I prove that? Look at the next part. Those who were ready went in with him. They're readier. They remained ready. They stayed ready. So they were ready. What does that mean? They were already in presence. So when the presence came, they, they just flowed into it because there were people of presence already. There was oil burning already. The other five did good. They went to get oil. But when they came back, they found something missing. They found the groom missing. Preparation is deeper. So I'm going to ask yourself today, the preparation of doing good, that's, uh, if you find that's good in a sense, like keep doing good, don't, don't, not trying to twist scripture and say, live like a sinner, but yet have time with God. Because if you do have time with God, he's going to convict you not to live like a sinner. So there's just so much that you could twist scripture. I'm not trying to twist scripture at all. But I'm, what I guess what I'm trying to say is, don't ever get so religious. Don't ever get too churchy that you forget what the church really is. The church, defined in scripture, is actually the presence living in you. That's the church. That's it. You know why we're having church today? Because there's people in here that the presence lives in them. That's the church. That's it. That's it. So we get so overwhelmed with everything else that we forget about Christ living in me. So as I end, I, I think about Revelation 22, 17, the end of the Bible. And this moment is going to become a reality. And, and, and the words say something like this. And the spirit and the bride say, you've ever heard that verse? Come, come quickly, come, come. And let him who hears say, come. And let him who thirsts come. I, I look at that phrase that, that the bride is saying, come quickly. And the spirit within the bride is saying, come. Do you understand why? Because we see here in this verse that this is a product of close intimacy with God. That's it. Because they're so close to God, they're just saying, I might as well just be there with you already. So come. Come, because I'm there already. Just come. Come quickly. Is oil still burning in your lamp? And I'm trying to see if I should share this verse. In Revelation, two chapters before that, 19, I'll just read 6 and 9. When he's taken to this revelation and he sees the bride in verses 6 through 9 of chapter 19, it says, And I heard again what sounded like a shout of a vast crowd, the roar of a mighty ocean, waves of the crash of a loud thunder. And this is what they heard, ready? Praise the Lord, for the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice. Let us give honor to Him. For the time has come for the wedding feast of the Lamb. And His bride has prepared herself. Prepared herself. Prepared. She prepared herself. And she has been given the finest of pure white linen to wear. For the fine linen represents the good deeds of God's holy people. And the angel said to me, write this. Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding feast of the Lamb. She's here, the bride, and she's prepared herself. The Lamb of God is with her. The bride is with him because there's preparation. There's oil still burning. The lamp has light because of the oil of devotion, because of the oil of intimacy, because of the oil of brokenness. The bride has made herself ready. Oil still burns in my lamp. Stand with me.
Is there oil in your lamp? Martin Luther said this. God has set the type of marriage everywhere throughout the creation. Every creature seeks his perfection in another. The very heavens and earth picture it to us. Well, I believe this in our relationship with Jesus. I believe that as creation, us as creature, our perfection is found in another. And it's found in Jesus. And yours is found in the groom. Come on, marriageable maidens. Come on, candidates of marriage. Real quick, examine yourself. Right there where you're at. We're going to worship, we're going to sing a song. With every eye closed, if you want to, if you want to look up, or if you want to look straight at me, however your sense of seeking the Lord is, I can't tell you how to do it, but I want you to look at your lamp. Is there oil in that lamp? Do you need that oil? I can't give you the oil. I, I can't give it to you. I, I'm up here speaking this stuff, and I almost want to tell you to come here because we're going to give it to you. But I will tell you, come here. Because I'm going to pray and believe with you that God's going to light up that lamp again and fill you with oil again. And you're never going to be the same again. And you're going to be transformed forever again because you're going to wake up, bride. You're going to be the bride that God's called you to be once and for all. So this is what I want as we sing a song. And as your hearts are being broken before God, if you are a marriageable maiden and you need prayer and you're saying I need oil in my lamp I, I'm not going to give you the oil but I'm going to pray with you and believe God here she is here he is he brought his lamp up to the altar and here we are together and we're praying for oil we're praying for oil we're praying for a revelation of who Jesus is to rock them forever we're praying for deep divine intimacy with you Lord we're praying that they go home in their cars and they're crying with their children in the car they're crying with their friends in their car they're crying with their spouses because of the work of the Holy Spirit right now we, we pray for every lamp that comes up to this altar but we pray that they walk here with pouches of oil that they walk out of here saying I got myself my oil I'm preparing myself for the wedding feast the bride is here waiting for her groom if you need prayer and you need someone to come in agreement with you I, we can't give you the oil but we're going to pray and believe that God is going to pour oil and God is going to regenerate and, and renew you and revive you and, and restore you and, and do miracles in your life today so that you could carry your lamp and that it still burns with a fire within because of the oil that kindles so if that's you as we sing the altars open and come and say I, I need to get married right now I want, I'm going to take the step I don't care who's around me I didn't think I was going to come to a Sunday like this but I'm going to get married today to Jesus I'm, I'm going to get in deep with the, with the groom if that's you marriageable maiden the altars open come up and we're going to pray for you and we're going to believe with you and today is your wedding feast today is your marriage to, today go deep with Christ and let him fill you with that oil. Let him do that miracle in you. The altar's open if you want to pray. Come up and let's spend some time in song. Hallelujah.